You are Locked On Vols, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today. Today's show is loaded up. A lot of talk about Tennessee's football team, starting in segment number one, an update on Jarrett Garantano, how he has grown as a quarterback, both from his teammates' perspective and Jarrett talking about his development and the offense's development under new offensive coordinator Jim Chaney. You will hear from Garantano in the first segment, plus a couple of numbers that indicate Garantano maybe has been more effective than he gets credit for in the past, which should indicate the potential for more growth in the future. That's in segment number one. In segment number two, I have a list of names that I probably haven't talked about enough during the offseason, which is kind of hard to believe because we have a lot of time to cover a lot of different topics and players and subjects with Tennessee football. But I went through a few different position groups with some names that I probably haven't talked about enough that I'll try to name in the second segment of today's show. And in the final segment, I'll get to some Tennessee basketball as the Vols hope for really good news later today, plus an interesting football news item that came out in the middle of the day on Monday. I'll get to all of that right here on Locked on Vols. It's part of the Locked on Podcast Network, here five days a week covering what's going on with Tennessee. You can find the show on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, the third-party apps. You can tell your smart speaker at home to play podcast Locked On V-O-L-S. If you are an Apple Podcast listener and you do have time to rate and review the show, please do so. That's a big help. Thanks to everybody who has done that so far. So with Tennessee at quarterback, Jarrett Garantano knows he's the guy. A year ago, we were having the conversation about Garantano versus Keller Christ. And I don't think it was all that close of a race in August, but this time a year ago, we did not know for sure that Garantano was going to be the starter. We know that now. There's no question. He's the guy. Jeremy Pruitt has talked about Garantano as the quarterback for Tennessee with Brian Maurer and JT Shrout battling to be the number two quarterback. I saw an interesting note from Pro Football Focus on Monday. Pro Football Focus listed the top five quarterbacks in the SEC from last year with a minimum 25 attempts on third and fourth down. Tua Tungavailoa is number two, so he's ranked highly, but not number one. Then you have Kellen Mond at number three, Felipe Franks at number four, and Jake Bentley at number five. You can probably guess where I'm going here. Jerry Garantano was number one. Among quarterbacks in the SEC last year, Jarrett Garantano, according to Pro Football Focus, had the highest grade among quarterbacks on third and fourth downs, with a minimum 25 pass attempts. He was just ahead of Tua Tungavailoa, then Kellen Mond, Felipe Franks, and Jake Bentley. Jake Fromm was not in the top five, Georgia's quarterback. And when we talk about Garantano, we talk about him with a lot of those names there, don't we? Kellen Mond, Felipe Franks, Jake Bentley. Here's the thing. Garantano was just ahead of Tunga Vailoa, but those two quarterbacks were well ahead of the others. Garantano's grade from pro football focus on third and fourth downs was 82.3. Tunga Vailoa was 81.9. Kellen Mond at Texas A&M, who had the third best grade, was at 67.6. Then you had Felipe Franks at 61.6. Jake Bentley at 61.1. So it's Garantano and Tunga Vailoa, and then a wide gap between them and the rest of the players there. 
Now, that is not to mean that Garantano is a better quarterback than Tungavailoa. It does not necessarily indicate that he's a better quarterback than Kellen Mond or Felipe Franks or Jake Bentley or Jake Fromm or Joe Burrow at LSU for that matter. But it does show that Garantano in a tough spot when third and fourth down conversions were going to have to come in long yardage situations a number of times. You think about that Auburn game last year. Garantano stepped up knowing he was going to likely face pressure as well. And then I thought about this. Pro Football Focus earlier in the summer, uh, back in July, it looked at the quarterbacks who had the fewest turnover-worthy plays. Quarterbacks with a minimum 175 dropbacks in 2018. Garantano was number one with only four turnover-worthy plays last year. Jake Fromm was second, then Terry Wilson at Kentucky, Felipe Franks, and Tua Tungavailoa. So Garantano stepped up and made plays a good amount of times on third and fourth down, and he also took care of the football despite the pressure that he knew he was going to face. That says something. Again, it does not mean that he's the best quarterback in the SEC. It does not mean that he's better than Tungavailoa or Jake Fromm or several of the others. Garantano still has more to prove. He would not dispute that. But when you consider how Garantano performed last year with an offensive line that was struggling, he was again in a new offense led by Tyson Helton, an offense that maybe Jeremy Pruitt was not 100% sold on, and Garantano did not get Tennessee beat too often while he was not playing at 100%. That's something that I think has to make you feel more confident about Garantano moving forward. Then you add in Jim Chaney coaching the offense. Chaney is the best offense coordinator Garantano will have had in his four years at Tennessee, and I think that creates even more optimism. Listen to what Garantano said Sunday when he met with the media talking about what he's been able to take from Jim Chaney over the last seven or eight months with Chaney now coaching the offense. A lot. I mean, we've changed the whole offense, and it's really quarterback-driven and a lot of protection stuff, a lot of defense looks. You know, there's a lot of things. I'm very happy that he's the coach, and just going back to that, just he's really helped, me out, helped my game out a lot. Has he simplified things for you, or has he made it more complex and challenged you? No, definitely definitely simplified. I think the game's coming a lot easier, to be honest. I think just his offense make it easier and a lot um, a lot more complicated in a sense for the defenses, but it's also simpler for the offense. Jerry Garantano continues to talk more confidently about what he understands and what his role will be and how active he will be in what Tennessee is doing offensively. There's also that leadership quality. I think... Jarrett Garantano's teammates trust him to make the right decisions on the field. We've talked a lot about his toughness, and that's not really in question at this point, considering what he went through last year, what he's gone through the last couple of seasons, not being healthy a lot of the time, and he needs to help Tennessee help him stay healthy. But I asked Marquez Callaway on Sunday what he's seen from Jarrett Garantano over the last few years, how Garantano compares now to where he was when he arrived in 2016. Remember, Callaway and Garantano came in in the same class. So they've been working together on the practice field during the summer months for the last three-plus years now. This is what Marquez Callaway said when I asked how Garantano compares now to when he arrived at Tennessee as a freshman. Well, like every year we had another year. He has another experience under his belt. So that's a that's another great thing. You can't coach. You just have to um, go with it. And since that we all had another year of play, another year of experience, um, that's that translates a lot into, you know, um, what, what's going to happen, you know, during the game. Like, so we basically 
basically what I'm trying to say is like we since we have another year of experience on our belt, we kind of know how the how the game's going to go. We know what's going to happen in tough situations, and we know what's going to happen in not tough situations. So keeping that level of composure and working every day. Are there examples you can point to to where you've seen uh, working with him in the off season how he has changed as a quarterback? I know he um, he gets on us he gets on to us a lot more than he usually has, and I think that's from Coach Cheney getting in his butt. I know the other quarterbacks are you know I, even though they're young and don't really have a lot of experience, but they're always trying to you know do what they can to show Coach that they can play, and if that happens, then um, it'll be a lot more. I think Jared knows that, and he knows that people are going to are after him in a good way. Trying to, they want to play just as much as he wants to play, and coach is going to play the best player. So he knows that. So he knows he's messing up. He knows that the other quarterbacks are having chances right after him. So um, learning from seeing what I've seen, he has. Um, um, he's been getting on to a lot of us, not just receivers on the linemen, the tight ends, everybody off the side. He's done a better job of controlling that. Marquez Callaway, he knows Jarrett Garantano well. A little perspective from him on how Garantano has grown as a quarterback. We'll spend a lot of time over the next four weeks or so talking about Garantano and what he might be able to do in this offense. But some interesting numbers from Pro Football Focus. I will share those in the show notes if you'd like to check them out. I saw some numbers that were compiled on his throws from last year by a Reddit user. Uh, so you can check those out. There are a lot of numbers out there that back up that Garantano has maybe been better than he gets credit for at times. While I think we also all recognize he still needs to be a better quarterback moving forward, Garantano himself recognizes that as well. Coming up next on Locked on Vols, some players who maybe have not gotten a lot of attention. We spent a lot of time talking about Garantano. How about some guys that deserve a little more talk? That's coming up next on Locked on Vols, part of the Locked on Podcast Network which includes Locked On NFL, which is on fire. Last week, it was one of the most listened to NFL shows. With the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock, Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I was thinking the other day about players who I probably haven't spent enough time talking about. When we go through the offseason, we talk about a football team. In this case, we spend a lot of time talking about Tennessee. How much time do we spend talking about depth? We talk about how important depth is on a football team. So then I started thinking about a few players who should at least provide depth, who should at least help from a numbers standpoint, that I probably haven't mentioned enough when I talk about different position groups. And I'm still probably going to miss somebody here. But as I thought about that with Tennessee's roster, here are some of the more veteran players that I probably haven't talked about enough because they're not star players, but they're also not newcomers who we spend a lot of time talking about because there's the unknown with those guys. So here are the guys that I came up with. 
On the offensive side, wide receiver Brandon Johnson. He is a senior who has played a lot of football for Tennessee. He came in in the same class with Marquez Callaway and Tyler Bird. And remember, Bird as a freshman had a lot of hype around him as a high school All-American. And Callaway showed his athletic ability quickly. And then in the first game of his sophomore season, Callaway kind of wins the game for Tennessee against Georgia Tech. Well, at the same time, Brandon Johnson in his sophomore season, so this goes back to the 2017 season, actually led Tennessee in receiving yards, and he was tied for the team lead in receptions with 37. Last year, Brandon Johnson did not have as big of a year. He made two starts. He finished with 14 catches for 132 yards, so not close to the same numbers that he put up the year before as a sophomore. But when we talk about the veterans on Tennessee's offense, Callaway, Jennings, and Palmer get a lot of the attention. Let's see what Brandon Johnson can do. Both of those seniors, I mentioned Tyler Bird, both of those guys will be important for Tennessee's offense because you know at some point, Juwan Jennings might deal with an injury that keeps him out. Or what if something happens to one of the other players at wide receiver? The first guys that they would look to step up most likely would be Brandon Johnson and Tyler Bird. So I think Johnson's one of the first guys that comes to mind on the offensive side that I probably haven't mentioned enough when I talk about the offense. Another guy on that side of the ball would be Austin Pope. Pope is a guy who plays a lot for Tennessee. And when we talk about Tennessee needing to run the football, what position group do we spend the most time focusing on besides the running backs, the offensive line? But the blocking by the tight ends will be really important with what Tennessee wants to do. And Pope's a good athlete. Pope will be involved in the offense. He can be involved in the passing game. But what can he do as a blocker? The same question applies to Dominique Wood Anderson, but we talk about him a lot. Austin Pope is a guy that's now in his fourth year in the program. He's played a lot at tight end. Eli Wolf has transferred. Tennessee does have a couple of freshmen that it really likes in Sean Brown and Jackson Lowe. But let's not forget about Austin Pope, the fourth-year junior out of CAK, a guy with a lot of confidence in himself and a good amount of talent who can play a versatile role whether it be at tight end or lining up in the offensive backfield at fullback and that brings us back to the conversation of blocking if Tennessee is going to run the football effectively consistently this year then Tennessee is going to need help from its tight ends blocking for those runners that's where someone like Austin Pope comes in so pay attention to him number 81 now his fourth year in the program his second year of course, with Jeremy Pruitt as the head coach. Let's see if he can continue to help Tennessee's offense and play a bigger role this year. Now let's flip to the other side. Gave you a couple of guys on the offensive side that I probably haven't talked about enough, Brandon Johnson and Austin Pope. What about the defensive side? One guy is someone who made a switch himself, Latrell Bumpus, who has spent most of his career at tight end, but in the spring he made a transition to the defensive line on a full-time basis. Before this past spring, he had gone back and forth from tight end to the defensive line, and it was difficult to tell where exactly he would spend the rest of his time at Tennessee. It looks like the answer is on the defensive line. And I think with the defensive line, that's where you come back to Aubrey Solomon gets a lot of attention. Is he going to be eligible? Emmett Gooden is a guy that kind of has to lead the way it looks like. The Juco transfer, Savion Williams and Darrell Middleton get brought up. And then those young players who are hoping to make a leap as second-year guys, John Mincy, Kingston Harris, Greg Emerson, they get all the attention. Well, what about Latrell Bumpus, who is a good athlete coming out of high school? 
He's from Savannah, Tennessee. It was actually projected as a defensive lineman through the recruiting process while it was known he could play tight end. And again, he spent the first couple of seasons on campus as a freshman in 2017 and then last year as a sophomore playing a reserve role at tight end. Tennessee needs help on the defensive line. They need players to step up. Latrell Bumpus could be one of those players. And with Tennessee's defensive line, the Vols are hoping that a strength in that unit comes from the depth. And if that's going to be the case, then I think Latrell Bumpus is someone who could potentially help there. Another guy who could potentially help Tennessee's defense playing a bigger role this year is Kavon Bennett. He's another guy that's kind of bounced back and forth. Is he a defensive end? Is he an outside linebacker? He has spent more time with the outside linebackers. Bennett played in a few games last year as a true sophomore, and he actually only played in four games. So he was able to maintain a red shirt, which I think was smart by Tennessee's coaching staff. That allows him to have three years of eligibility still remaining. So Bennett played some last year for Jeremy Pruitt's defense, but did not lose a year of eligibility. So he comes back as a redshirt sophomore. And with the outside linebacker group, we know that Daryl Taylor is going to be a player who leads the way. DeAndre Johnson should play a big role at outside linebacker. What about the other guys? Is a freshman like Roman Harrison ready to go? Is Quavaris Crouch, who spent a lot of the spring at inside linebacker, ready to play significant snaps at outside linebacker as a true freshman still learning the position? I don't know. You have Jordan Allen as well, a JUCO transfer from a year ago. Let's not forget about Kavon Bennett, number 95. Let's see if Jeremy Pruitt can carve out a role for him in Tennessee's defense, which would be a big boost for Tennessee's defense. Bennett is, I think, an important player. So is Latrell Bumpus, actually, from that 2017 class. Those third-year players, let's see which guys emerge now that they've had a few years in the program, a couple of off-seasons to go through the strength program, and now in their second seasons with Jeremy Pruitt as the head coach. Kevon Bennett at outside linebacker, let's see how he might help the Vols. And then other players who probably don't get enough attention, who deserve more, the special teams units. The kickers are going to play such an important role, and I thought last year did a really nice job. Brent Samagli as the place kicker, and Joe Doyle, who punted for Tennessee, plus Paxton Brooks, who handled kickoffs. They have all three of those players back. Last year, that was a big question mark with Tennessee's football team. Maybe now it doesn't get enough talk because there's more confidence in what those guys are able to do. Doyle was a freshman All-American last year with what he was able to do for Tennessee. Samagli is more established now as a third-year guy. He got some experience as a freshman two years ago and then became the guy a year ago. And Brooks is a versatile guy who can punt. He can handle kickoffs. He can do a number of things for Tennessee. So I think special teams in the kicking game, Tennessee feels pretty good. And then there's kind of just trust that Tennessee will find some athletes to be able to help return the ball. That's important for Tennessee. Marquez Callaway was an all-SEC pick preseason for his punt return abilities. Let's see what he might be able to do, and let's see what Tennessee gets out of the kick return game as well. So just a few names there that I was thinking about recently that I probably haven't talked enough about this summer that we probably should pay attention to as Tennessee goes through fall camp. Coming up next on Locked on Vols, the final segment of today's show, I will shift to basketball as today, today being Tuesday, could be a really important day for the future of Tennessee's basketball program. 
I will explain coming up next on Locked on Vols, and I want to remind you as we are getting closer to fantasy football draft season that you want to make sure you listen to Vinny Iyer and Locked on Fantasy Football. Vinny gives you the edge with more than 20 years covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff as everyone else because then you're the same. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Locked on Fantasy Football. Check it out on your favorite podcast provider. Tennessee will find out later today if it has landed shooting guard Keon Johnson, a member of the 2020 class and the top-ranked player in the state of Tennessee in that class. If you look at the 247 Sports Composite, Johnson is ranked the number 31 player in the country. As I mentioned, he's the number one player in the state of Tennessee, and he's ranked the number six shooting guard in the country. The expectation is that he is going to choose Tennessee. He released a final three several weeks ago, of Tennessee, Ohio State, and Virginia. It looks like it will come down to Tennessee and Ohio State. And again, the expectation is that he will choose the Vols. Really, it'll be a big stunner at this point if he does not choose Tennessee. If he does, that is big news for the Vols. They will have just landed a big-time wing player to go along with Corey Walker, the number 34-ranked player in the country, who is already committed to Tennessee out of Jacksonville. And that would be a really nice start. Tennessee is already ranked number 17 in the country just with the commitment of Corey Walker when you look at the 2020 rankings. If Tennessee adds Johnson, it'll have another high-level player with still several others considering Tennessee. Jaden Springer has Tennessee in his top five. P.J. Hall is a big man in the 2020 class who has Tennessee in his top five as well. Several others who are well thought of have Tennessee on the radar. So if Tennessee is able to land Keon Johnson tonight... That is a big lift for Tennessee's 2020 class in basketball, and it would probably set Tennessee to easily have the highest-ranked class in the end that Rick Barnes will have put together at Tennessee. The start of that was kind of Josiah James in the 2019 class. He's now on campus choosing Tennessee, but this would be the best overall class when it comes to how these players are ranked and projected toward the college level. So Keon Johnson will make his announcement tonight. I think he's scheduled to go at about 7 o'clock Eastern time. And the expectation is that Keon Johnson will choose Tennessee when he makes his announcement. Tennessee also announced its non-conference basketball schedule for this upcoming season on Monday. And we knew about a lot of these games, but uh, Tennessee, just to run through the list for you, will have some high-profile matchups against Memphis at home on December 14th, and Wisconsin at home December 28th. In between those two games, Tennessee will go to Cincinnati on December 18th. Those games were previously announced. Tennessee also is going to be a part of the 2019 Emerald Coast Classic with the first showdown against Florida State, and then that game will be followed against either Purdue or VCU. Tennessee also will go to Kansas as part of the Big 12 SEC Challenge, on January 25th. So once again, Rick Barnes is going to have Tennessee playing a number of games against high-level opponents. The Vols will also have a neutral site game against Washington up in Toronto. They're going to play at Scotiabank Arena, where the Toronto Raptors play this upcoming season. Washington signed a couple of the highest-ranked players in the country, two top 10 players who are both big men, that will present quite a challenge for Tennessee. So when you look at the schedule, a schedule that includes Washington, Florida State, Purdue or VCU, Memphis, Cincinnati, and Wisconsin, plus Kansas in the month of January, 
That's not going to be easy for Tennessee. But you know what Rick Barnes does not want? He does not want easy. He wants his team to be challenged, and that'll be the case for Tennessee this upcoming year. Before I go, there was news on Monday afternoon that Georgia outside linebacker Brenton Cox has decided to transfer. He is in the transfer portal, and he will look to go to a new program. Cox played a good amount last year as a true freshman, made a start for Georgia in the bowl game, a loss against Texas, and was probably expected to play an even bigger role for Georgia moving forward. He was an outside linebacker defensive end who was very highly touted in the 2019 class. As a prospect, Cox was ranked the number 23 overall player in the 2018 class. He was the number two strong side defensive end in the country. He's from Stockbridge, Georgia. He chose to play for the in-state Bulldogs. What's maybe interesting here is that one school that recruited him very strongly was Alabama. Alabama's defense at the time was coached by Jeremy Pruitt. In fact, his official visit to Alabama was on December 1st, 2017. That's the day that John Curry was fired and Philip Fulmer became the athletic director. And a few days later, of course, Jeremy Pruitt popped up on the radar with Tennessee and ultimately became the Vols head coach. So will Cox end up being somebody that Tennessee pursues? We'll find out. Uh, He is leaving Georgia, by the way, not in the best standing. He was arrested last week. So there's been some off-field issues with Brenton Cox, but there was no doubt that he's a talented football player. And there's no doubt Tennessee is looking for talented players. And Jeremy Pruitt has recruited Cox in the past. So I'm not telling you anything that will happen, but Cox is in the transfer portal. He is eligible to talk to other schools. And in the past, he has talked to Jeremy Pruitt, who recruited Cox, to Alabama. I thought it was at least something worth mentioning on today's show. That is going to do it for Locked on Vols today. Thanks so much for being here. Coming up on tomorrow's show, hear from Josh Palmer, a player who could make a big leap for Tennessee now that he's entering his third year. There's another one of those 2017 guys. He's going to talk about his experience with the Vol Leaders program, his trip to Rwanda, talking about that experience off the field. Could it also maybe help him on the field. That's coming up on tomorrow's show. Locked on Vols is available now five days a week, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Keep spreading the word. Tell other Tennessee fans about the daily show, and you can listen anywhere you get your podcasts. Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya, Overcast, Stitcher, you name it, they've got it. Thanks for being here today. I'll see you again tomorrow on Locked on Vols.